If there's anything that my journey in life has taught me so far is that setting your intentions at the beginning is the best way to always start a conversation. Whether it's a text message, a meeting, conversation between friends or even a client, setting your intentions early on really does help frame the outcome of any and all conversations. My name is Dana Hanbedi, and I'm an entrepreneur. And for the past 14 years, I've been working in the communications industry. From design to strategy, from media to production, from being an employee to a founder of a company, there's so much that I've learned along the way. The past four months for me have been a period of reflection of that journey. And one of the things I wish I had done early on was keep a record of the lessons that I had been learning along the way. Little gold mines of inspiration that came from strangers, observations that came from working with colleagues, uncomfortable experiences that taught me what not to do, and projects where I actually learned what worked for me when it came to what the right thing to do was. One of my passions in life is to have conversations with people. In fact, if you've been over at, to any of the dinners that I've hosted or sat with me over coffee before, you know that one of my favorite things to do is to bring up the questions game. And that stems from the intention I have with this very new platform for me, which is to start a conversation with this community around topics that have inspired me in my journey as an entrepreneur. The difference in the conversations I want to have, though, is that while I do want to reflect and share my own experiences of my past, I actively want to invite you to be part of what I'm learning in real time. I recently sold and exited my first company that I co-founded in Kuwait with my creative partner, and I'm about to embark on my sec on starting my second venture uh, to add to my portfolio in another country in the region. And while I'm so pumped to just hit the ground running, I can't tell you how humbling of an experience it is to just be at a point where I feel like I'm about to start something again from scratch. Uh, it's scary, it's intimidating, humbling, as I said, and it took me back to the excitement of learning all over again. But this time I have a few lessons in the bag and that's where I want to start. So I want to share a few of the uh, lessons that I've learned on this journey uh, for the past decade. I really set the stage for what I'm about to be doing now. As I said, I don't want to frame this around advice. This is really just learnings that have come from being on the ground, starting a business, dealing with clients in different aspects of the industry, and what I feel like were the major takeaways. The first one is to celebrate your wins. When I think about the amount of time I put into business proposals, uh, working on strategies, setting up meetings, prospecting, farming, working on the actual project after we win it with a client, you know, launching the campaign or the brand, whatever it may be. There's so much time that goes into that and that's invested in that. And if I were to compare that huge chunk of time to really enjoying and sitting with the feeling of completion once something is done, the ratios don't make sense. And that's something I... I feel like really could have helped in terms of giving me the kind of um, balance I was looking for when it came to working on the different projects that I was working on. I didn't celebrate enough. In fact, I was always in work mode. And in an attempt to always remain productive, there were a lot of moments I missed that probably would have helped me stay sane in the long run. Celebrating your wins isn't just something to think about doing for you, but it's important practice to do as a team as it is what keeps the team together. It isn't the bottom line that pays their salaries that keeps a team together. It's the wins. Celebrate your wins because they deserve it and so do you. Next is... Value is ultimately the work you put into it and very much not the expectation of what should come from it. How many times have you heard this question from clients? 
or have said this to your own consultants or coaches. I just want to understand what I'm getting out of this. What is the value? Value is what you put into it. It's simple. If you want advice on something, it's only valuable when you disclose the facts of the situation and action whatever plan you received in return. The best example I can think of is a marketing plan. Clients will locate a budget to a consultant to deliver a guideline, a strategy, a plan for marketing, but until that plan is executed, they won't see value in their purchase or their consultation. And the same applies to working with a trainer. If you aren't doing the work, the practices he's giving you aren't of value to you and probably available for free on YouTube. You want to see value, you put in the work. The next one is it takes time to be comfortable being yourself in spaces where you're made to feel like you just don't belong. And this was a tough one for me. I, like many of you who may be listening, was taught to believe that I would be respected based on my merit. What became very evident as I entered the workforce was that whether it was my gender, my age, the way I looked, my nationality, my accent, there would always be a reason to make you feel like you aren't welcome. No matter how much value you think you add or what you bring to the table, life will constantly throw you curveballs that will remind you that acceptance and tolerance are not the same thing. And both are uncomfortable. I wish someone said this to me early on because it would have benefited me so much more had it not been something that the majority of my surroundings just denied. Belonging is a complete illusion. No one ever really belongs, but it does take time to be comfortable with that. And that's okay. Next is a lesson that I actually learned while I was working in business development. Business is about learning what people want from you before you decide anything of them. This lesson goes back to the point of setting intentions. I went to negotiations training early on in my career, and the first lesson you're taught in negotiating is figure out what it is that they want or what you're prepared to give up. I apply this thinking to more than one aspect of the way that I live my life, but it's benefited me the most in business. I don't particularly enjoy networking, especially networking for business in social gatherings. I always feel awkward. It's not my comfort zone, and it somehow feels schmoozy. I, I can't get away from it. Um, however, I knew how to pitch what I could offer in exchange for something that I wanted. I was always really, really good at that. And that really helped me become someone who would always make the first move when it came to a networking setting. Being direct saves you so much more time and is quicker route to getting the respect you want without any of the bullshit in the middle. The next one is that true passion or love for most people is the feeling you have before you discover that someone has an opinion on it. I'm sure you've heard the, the, the quote, you had purpose before anyone had an opinion. And this is kind of a variation on it because it really, it's about kind of that passion or that thing that you're good at, that you actually do love, that a lot of people aren't always going to understand. One thing I stopped doing early on was sharing my thoughts, plans, and ambitions with everyone I knew. Whether they were close or not wasn't the issue, so much as people's tendency to weigh in on whatever it is that I was sharing. There are times when I want to hear feedback, but especially in matters of the heart, passion points, or creativity, I learned that people's reactions can sometimes have a negative impact. And while it may not influence my decision per se, it did delay me in taking it. So I have a tendency to now share my plans when I'm 95% confident of what my answer is or my point of view on a particular thing before sharing it. 
because then I'm at a stage where I do already know what I'm going to do, but I am welcome to hearing the feedback that may or may not sway my decision. Overthinking is the killer of progress, development, success, and sanity. And I'm the queen of it. I don't say it with pride. It's been a huge struggle for me, which I've only recently started to work on, and I hope I will get better at it. I'm a perfectionist, and I tend to get stuck on perfecting a plan and thinking about the various routes and outputs um, instead of just hitting the ground running. If you want something, you just do it. You want to write? Write. You want to record a podcast? Do it. You want to try out bangs? Go for it. The worst that can happen is that the result doesn't meet your expectations, which is actually a blessing because you can learn from it or try something else without the impeding thought of what if driving you crazy. Next is listening is doing. One of the most underrated skills, which funny enough is a great one to use in the previous lesson, is the act of listening. Sometimes as a leader, your instinct drives you to always be the problem solver. And what I've learned is that it's actually my ability to listen, to understand, to acknowledge what the person in front of me needs to say versus always feeling the need to respond or actively try to solve that problem. And I think it's something, had I discovered it earlier, um, would have benefited me a lot in my relationships with my teams. But it's definitely something I apply now, whether it's work or in my personal relationships. Never stop asking questions. And I think this is another one of those things that people don't realize how valuable it is until they stop doing it. It's very easy to stay in the comfort zone of what you know. And especially when you are the leader, uh, sometimes it, it, it feels like you need to know everything. You need to have all the answers. But this idea of always asking questions has benefited me in terms of building bridges between me and whoever it is that I'm trying to have a conversation with, whether that be my clients or my teams, but also enlightening me and giving me insights to things I wouldn't have thought of before. This one is one that I learned very recently um, when I was kind of having a hard time disconnecting from the decision I had just made. I was going through burnout at the time. And I was sitting with a friend and I felt like a big part of my identity, myself, my success was associated to my job, my career. So you can imagine when I decided to sell and exit, I felt like I, you know, although it was something I wanted to do, I felt like I lost a big part of me. And what's interesting is when I was sharing this with a friend of mine, she said something that was so profound. She said, People will root for you when you're being your most authentic self, no matter what that looks like. And I absolutely loved that. People will always root for you when you are being your most authentic self, no matter what that looks like. Whether they understand it or not, they will root for you because they see that whatever it is that you are doing is you being true to you, your vision and what you want to do. And it takes a certain bravery to do that and it's 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 something beautiful so i i love that it's something that i feel like i'm never going to forget the next lesson is an interesting one anxiety and excitement actually have the same physiological characteristics and the same feeling as one another what makes them different is what your brain tells you to feel about either one and i found that to be so crazy because I completely agree. Like when I think about when I'm anxious and when I'm excited, they share a lot of the same qualities. But what's even crazier is the power that my mind has over myself to actually dictate what each feeling means. And that really opened my eyes to the power of the brain. 
um, the power of my mind. And what happens when I give my mind too much power? At the end of the day, the brain is, is, you know, such an incredible tool that we have, but it's something that should be serving us and not the other way around. This one I love. If you experience loss, it means you experience love. If you experience pain, it means you experience joy. And I love this because in my moments where I did have a lot of self-doubt, where I did question whether I did the right thing or not, throughout my career, when I was moving from country to country, um, from discipline to discipline within the industry, it was always kind of a question of, you know, uh, am I making the right decision? Um, is this something that's going to work out for me? You know, was I really enjoying it at the time? These questions tend to kind of take over. But what I loved about this as a lesson is that it really kind of gave me a little bit of perspective on this idea that for either feeling to exist, for these opposite feelings to exist, its counterpart had to, had to have been there as well, which is an encouraging feeling, especially when you are going through kind of the pain or the loss part of the situation. Next is the comeback is always stronger than the setback. And this is something that I think really, really applies to being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, you have a lot of bad days. You have a lot of bad days. But um, looking back, I think while my first year as an entrepreneur came with so many challenges, it was nothing compared to what happened uh, in spite of those challenges. And I really an advocate of that type of thinking, especially where, with where I am right now in my life. And it's something that's always helped keep my mind in check and keep me focused on there has to be something better uh, coming. There is something that is going to one day make sense of what is happening now, no matter what the circumstances are. The next one I want to talk about is uh, more about what I learned from the different dynamics of the relationships that you have in business, whether it's with clients, uh, with business partners, or even your team, actually more importantly, your team. And it's this idea that resentment is a ticking time bomb. And it's something that always, always, always starts small. Communication is not necessarily common practice among, among teammates. And what tends to happen uh, if there isn't the freedom of communication that exists within teams is, um, you know, things happen, things come up, you don't talk about it. There's a lot of buildup, there's tension, it starts to affect the work. And it usually ends up leaving team members or individuals making decisions that could be avoided as a result of that, feeling like their needs weren't met or they weren't being heard, even if they weren't again, communicating it. The takeaway from that, aside from the reality of resentment being a ticking time bomb that should be dealt with very, very early on, no matter what the circumstances, is kind of this very actionable mindset of understand, acknowledge, move on. It's as simple as that. And that's actually quite an important one. It's one that, especially moving forward with the new venture that I'm going to be working on, I would want to really be a part of uh, the DNA of how I work with my team. The next one is something that I actually learned from reading about sports teams. We play not to lose, not to win. And what's interesting about this is that when you're playing to not lose, you're scared of making a mistake. When you're playing to win, you're willing to take the risks. 
when you're playing not to lose, you end up playing it safe. And when you're playing to win, you play more fearlessly, more energized. And especially in the creative industry, I find that this mindset really, really does help push forward a lot of the uh, decisions that you end up making on the creative work that you end up sharing, presenting with clients. Next is change the story that you tell yourself. I talked about how the mind is a powerful tool that does have the tendency to take over the way that you see things and how perspective is really, really important. But the conversations you have in the privacy of your own mind can also be quite dangerous. If you tell yourself something enough times, it does become your reality. You do end up believing it and it becomes very, very difficult to disconnect from from that way of thinking, from that narrative. Uh, and it's something that becomes really, really toxic in your behavior, not just towards others, but towards yourself. And that's something I definitely, definitely uh, learned the hard way. Next is an exciting one. And it learned when, and I learned it when I started to kind of open up as an entrepreneur and share a lot of my experiences. I think one thing we don't talk about enough um, as entrepreneurs is how lonely it can get. Yes, there's a lot of, you know, uh, perks to to running your own business and being your own boss, but it also comes with a lot of responsibility and accountability. And it wasn't until I started, you know, sharing my experiences with fellow entrepreneurs, joining uh, clubs or organizations that had entrepreneurs with similar stories and forums that actually dealt with those conversations that really made me realize one thing, and it's that entrepreneurs uh, don't stick to one thing. They don't believe in limits. And that's literally what makes them an entrepreneur and what makes them so special and what makes me really proud to be one. I was asked recently um, what advice I would give to, or what is the best advice I received? Um, and my response to that was that I don't believe in following any particular advice. And that's very specifically because I don't believe that everyone's experiences generally are a uh, game plan that work for everyone. Your experience is quite literally built on the decisions, circumstances, and context of the choices that you've made. So I don't ask for advice, but I do look for lessons. So I do enjoy sharing my own stories, but also hearing other people's stories and trying to understand for myself, um, if it's not something that they necessarily highlighted, where the lesson is. And it's this practice that has really helped me um, in terms of my own personal and professional development. This one's, I think, one of the most important ones, not just in business, but in life. And it's this idea of Surround yourself with people who are better than you. We've heard this before. When you are around people that you feel like you can learn from, it's really incredible how that changes the conversation uh, or conversations you start having with yourself and with others. And the opposite is true. You really do start to see the effect when um, the conversations that you're having with the circle that you're with are not adding value to your life, are not helping you grow, are not pushing you to, to, to move beyond wherever you are, whether it's mentally, emotionally, um, intellectually. And I think surrounding yourself with people who, uh, who are better than you really starts to train your mind to think differently, to consider different things. And I am a firm believer that always being open to different considerations is a very important part of 
um, personal development. And the older I get, the more I really value um, these types of conversations and sitting with people that are going to elevate those conversations. Last but not least, the worst prison is the one where you don't see the bars. You know, it's interesting because when you think about success, it's usually the aspiration when you're starting anything, whether it's uh, a project, uh, a new onboarding, a new client, a new win, celebrating something. Success is always the aspiration. But um, in a lot of circumstances in business, it sometimes uh, becomes the cage you are in and confined to because it's comfortable. Uh, there's a feeling that comes with it that is difficult to forget. It becomes quite addictive and it clouds your judgment when it comes to uh, making decisions as to how you want to evolve and grow. As I've mentioned before, it's not about giving advice. That's not what this is about. I don't know where this podcast journey is going to take me. Uh, there are going to be different uh, conversations that I incorporate into this. There will be people joining me who I feel have really elevated the way that I think about things uh, and the conversations that I have. Uh, so I hope that you will watch, support, and find something new to consider. Take care.